You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. Welcome back to the continuation of the two-part series from the first annual Borealis Music Festival in Prince Albert. If you missed the first half, you can check out episode 54 of Sascapes, where you'll hear how the festival all came together. I'm Kevin Power, and in this episode you'll be hearing from three of the festival's bands, July Talk from Toronto, and from Saskatchewan, an all-girl indie rock band called The Wolf and Liza Brown and her band, Crazy Fox. And then you'll hear a final word of thanks from Prince Albert's economic development manager, Jane Remenda. Thanks to Jane, Abraham, and all of the folks I met and the fantastic music I got to listen to throughout the weekend. I had a great time. Okay, July Talk is on this evening's roster of performers at the first ever Borealis Festival, and I have one of the performers with me, and you are? Leia Fay. Leia Fay. So, what do you think? First time for PA to have a festival of this size. Uh, Well, we're really excited, because we've never even played Prince Albert before. But you've been in Saskatchewan. We have a bunch. We've played Saskatoon and Regina, and we've driven through, but... We've never stopped and got to play a show, so we're excited to meet the people and see what it's all about. Now, is this a stop on a tour? Um, no. This summer, we're doing a lot of summer festivals on weekends, and other than that, we're just working on our second album. Okay. We're in the studio, and we're in the rehearsal space, and just getting ready to record, hopefully, in the fall. So, tell me about your band. When did you all... When was July Talk born? Uh, July Talk was born in Toronto in 2011. I guess. And we started, we released our first album in 2012 and started touring and have kind of been on the road ever since. First touring Canada back and forth and then kind of slowly making our way over to Europe and then down to the States. And, and yeah. Yeah, the States is a tough market to crack, huh? Absolutely. You finding your niche there? Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's the same thing that, that happens any with any market, I think, or any country. You just have to keep going back and the the crowd grows from seven people to you know fourteen people to right. thirty people to right. seventy five yeah, people right. as people just come and and then invite their moms and their dads and their best friends and their veterinarians and whatever and <laughs> it's, that's how it happens. That's very. Specific. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah. How's the European market for you guys? Because yours is pretty cool that way. They embrace things um, that you wouldn't think they would otherwise it's true we do we do pretty well in germany that's been a big highlight is touring germany as well as holland the audiences there are very observant and they really are absorbing what we give to them on stage and then and then wanting to kind of digest it and talk about it and yeah we've had a lot of fun where are you from originally i'm from toronto most of our band is from either Toronto or around Toronto, GTA. Um, and Peter, the my co 
front person is from Edmonton. Okay. How do you find the market for you guys in Toronto? I mean, it's there's a lot going on there. Are you finding your own there? Uh, yeah, was, we were kind of born in like the in the Silver Dollar. Right. Um, and our first rehearsal space was at Queen and Bathurst, and uh, and we recorded our album like behind the Horseshoe Tavern, and so we really do feel like we're we're our band is a is is a baby of Toronto, right. and and that all of our parents are all of those great legendary places. Right. Yeah, and um, there's so many amazing festivals happening, like uh, Turf. Uh, which started last summer, uh-huh. and Riot Fest, which is now coming to Toronto as well, and then we've got like North by and Canadian Music Week and right. Way Home Festival, which is just outside Toronto and started this year. Right. There's a lot of festivals, and we've just been lucky enough to know the people who invite us to play most of them. What were you doing before July Talk was born? Um, I was playing in a in a sort of more acoustic-y folk band. Oh yeah, with, yeah, with one of my best friends. That's a bit of a contrast. Uh, Yes and although yes and no. in listening to the warm up, you've got some bluesy stuff. Yeah, I think I think that kind of comes from from Peter's Peter's Alberta right upbringing. Right, he was the first person in Toronto that I saw who wore cowboy boots. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, then I was the second because yeah, well, there you go. And <laughs> I was maybe the I third. Had them, yeah. Um, now nobody wears them. Yeah, I guess not. No. But yeah, I was doing that and making... I went to school for dance and art, and so I was oh, making you? performance art and slinging lattes. Ah. And, you know, serving waffles and All the daily right. grind, that sort of thing. Right, and now this is full-time for you. Mm-hmm. I um, did a podcast a uh, bit with a band that was playing the free stage. Just a young band, part of a, uh, a local rock studio here. Um, we were talking about their hopes and dreams and aspirations. They're an all-girl band, which is pretty cool in and of What are they called? They're called The Wolf. Cool. Um, and they're like 15, 16. Yeah. So they're just starting. Um, but we were talking about what it might take to actually make a living doing this. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can, right? I think that there's freedom in knowing that music doesn't have to be your only outlet. I think especially for... Uh, for my generation and for younger generations, we don't have aspirations of uh, of salaries and and pensions and you know early retirement and paid vacations. Like we we all around us, young creative people are having to create their own jobs and and create their own paths. And so I think that it can be really dangerous to. Uh, put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, uh-huh. and really rely on making it big, um, right. in quotation marks, as a musician. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think that we've all been really lucky because we have other outlets in our band, and we have we were, for the first three years we were in a touring rock and roll band, we had to come home and go back to our jobs and figure out yeah. what else we were good at and Josh and Peter and my band have a film company so that was kind of right. that's what they were doing prior to July Talk Ian is an amazing uh, guitar player and you know so he can work freelance and he's also in a great cover band called Dwayne Gretzky in Toronto um, yeah and, and Danny was like selling beer at Mill Street Organic and was like a sales representative and was the best, the best employee there, and, and he has a real passion for it as well. So I think it's I think it's important to kind of be like 
a renaissance person, a, a jack of all trades, and right. and and follow all of those kind of things. Do you find that July Talk still has time to do all of those things, or um, is your schedule pretty full now? It's pretty full, but when there's when there's time off, I think we feel we feel antsy to to make sure we're still working, whether it be on the visual aspect of the band or or the branding of the project or uh, you know just conceptually what we want to talk about and 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 have going on for album two right. yeah what did you want to be when you when you were a kid ah uh, i wanted to be a a bunch of things a paleontologist a architect a director a dancer uh yeah just some sort of something in the arts and I remember the moment that I realized it was going to happen. Really? Yeah. What was that moment? Well, I was already, I was in university for dance and... Where, did you, and, where uh, were you at? At Man? Concordia. At Concordia. Yeah, yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, for contemporary dance and, and doing a lot of performance art and stuff like that. And, and I had kind of this moment where I was just like, oh, damn, I'm going to, this is going to be my life. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I'd been in school like without, with kind of not thinking about the future. And then I was right. like, oh, this is always going to be really hard work. Yeah. And you know, I'm always going to be kind of broke and 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 but but happy. So yeah. There's either play it safe and live an unrealized dream for all of your life, or or live happily and not let just kind of trust that everything else is going to fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And here you are. It's, I'm not even sure there are any safe jobs anymore now. Though. Yeah, you know what? I think that yeah. that's true now more like than ever. My mom is a school teacher and my dad is a journalist, and they both were able to to start their careers very young and, and had good luck in that way, But and job security for years and years, but that kind of security just doesn't exist anymore. No yeah. one is safe. Yeah, it's true. And nobody gets into so, this So, you know, to be make safe. an app. Start an app or, like, yeah, make, do, get in get in on the shared economy and, yeah. you know, who knows? Invent something that hasn't been done before. Well, you seem to be doing okay right now. You I feel, I feel, feel pretty good, yeah. Right on. We're happy well, to be here. I'm happy yeah, to play. I know they're happy. People are very impressed with the lineup. Yeah, they totally. Done good. They done good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For yeah. a first-year festival, right this, is, this is rocking. Well, rock the house good tonight, eh? Yeah, we will. Good to talk with you. Good to talk with you, too. Shane Lazaroach, I'm your MC, I guess, host for today. Thanks for coming out to support Borealis. And uh, our first band here, a local band from Prince Albert, for girls that say they have been together for three years, maybe four, depends which one you talk to. Um, But uh, they're a great band. I've seen them at least twice, I think. And so please put your hands together for The Wolf. Backstage artist trailer, 
And I am sitting here with five lovely ladies, four of which have just performed um, in a band, um, a rock indie band, I would say, called The Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, which I'm going to find out why that E is on there. Um, Okay, let's all introduce ourselves. On my left is... Gabrielle Giroux. I play guitar and I sing backup. And Siobhan Veda, I play bass and I sing lead vocals. And Andy Neufeld, I play keyboard. Tessa Thompson, and I play the drums. Okay, great. And the reason why you guys all wound up playing together is uh, Miss Lucy James, who's also here with me, who um, started this really cool program that we're going to find out a little bit more um, about in a bit. So you're all part of the Jam Street program, um, which Lucy started, but you've been playing together for three years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is that when you all started the program three years ago? Yeah. Um, And where are you all from? Gabby, where are you from? Um, I'm from Prince Albert, and I think we all are. Yeah, we're all from PA. Yeah. Oh, you're all originally from PA. Yeah. Okay, good. Why all right. Mm-hmm. So how did you first hear about the Dram- Jam Street program? Uh, I think it was Gabby told us it about it. It was Tessa. Tessa. Oh, it was Tessa. Yeah, it was my yeah. mom. Because like, we, we went to school, we wanted to form a band, and I told my mom about that. And so she kind of just started looking because we wanted to do lessons, but together, not all different times. So then my mom like looked that up and found Jam Street and told us about it then... We went there and just checked it out, and then we started practices. So you you all knew each other before? Yeah, yeah, yeah from school. school. Right, and you all played instruments before? No, no. no. None? I, no? We well, also played, played piano. Yeah, we, we played, like, other instruments. Like, I, I played, like, in the school band, and I did orchestra on that, but, we like, no one knew the instruments that we're playing on stage right now. It's all... So what... Does day one look like um, at Jam Street? Um, learning how to hold the instrument. <laughs> wow, so it really um, is from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Right from scratch. Didn't know anything, but. Okay, and what's the commitment like to that program? Is it after school, once a week? Yeah, after school. One year we did twice a week. Okay? Yeah. yeah. We do like our own practices once a week, and then we go to Lucy's once a week. Okay, so how quickly do you form a band? How far into the program? The band, like, they start playing as a band from day one. So they came in for their first lesson. They picked the song okay. that they wanted to do, and I arranged it for them and gave them their parts and taught each person their part. Right. And then they started putting it together. So the four <laughs> of you... So the, at this point, is it just the four of you that have, uh, have started from yeah. day yeah. one? There's not other people like you haven't sort of chosen who amongst a bigger group you're going to well, become a band with? We used to have another bassist, uh-huh. but she had a dropout, sadly, and then that's when I took up bass. Like, originally I just sang. Okay. So we need another bassist. So I started playing bass just for that reason. Okay. And I, it kind of stuck with me, and I like it now. So. Okay, but uh, well, I guess what I'm thinking is, um, what would have happened if only uh, two people had signed up? Like, how do you get four people to all show up uh, day number one? Right, well, ideally, it is four friends or five or whatever who want to be in a band together. This was the ideal situation, yeah, Mm -hmm. because they were already friends and uh, they stuck together. But 
sometimes there are just one or two people who want to join up. So I just gather names and okay. ages and instruments and interest. And I do a consultation with them, check out where their talents lie. And, uh, and then I try to group them together. So, so you're holding the sessions as people come together. You're sort of bringing people together and then a new session will start with another crowd of people so that you've always got so you're are you working every day then with different groups yes yeah i have like a a jam session or a practice or lesson is full hour once a week right so i have like different groups and yeah i work most days yeah okay so when did you guys start to feel like, yep, this is going to be a good combination? Or was there a point where you kind of thought, mm, I'm not sure if our group dynamic is working well enough to make this stick? Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Bands always have their ups and downs, but I'd like to say from day one, we kind of, we knew that we were going to stick together. Yeah. 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 No, no dirt, no conflicts. Like, not that bad, no. Okay. Like, there, there are arguments, like, of, yeah. like, there's, everybody has arguments, but there's, like, more ups than arguments. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you're learning the instruments basically from scratch, how far into this process can you actually start to sound like a cohesive band like, I, think, at least maybe a year. I think it depends I on, the, on the the people in the band like how the commitment levels and what kind of songs you're trying to achieve because you know if we just wanted to write acoustic guitar with vocal songs I'm sure we would have probably a lot more like it'd be faster mm-hmm. but right now it like we're starting from scratch to writing our own songs took a lot longer than just it took three years yeah it yeah, took three years yeah. okay but that's not actually very long no <laughs> no when you think about it if you it, think no. about most people they take lessons Wait, until like they're years. like into their late teens or early 20s yeah. then they start a band then yeah. maybe they start writing music you guys have done it all by the time you're 16 yeah. right oh, so you're n- and you're not doing you're not doing cover tunes, right? You're writing your own music right from the start. Yeah, we started off with covers to okay. like learn our instruments, yeah. and I think just this last year we started yeah. writing our own stuff. This year we did all originals. Yeah. I don't think we did we a single a cover. But you started writing last year, okay? Yeah, we were like you were the C and E. You were in the search for the stars with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like this year has been our writing year for us. Yes. Tell me about this competition that you were in. How far into the process did that come along? Search for the Stars was first, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. the bigger one, I guess. Okay. And that happened when? In May. 
happened near the end of May. Yeah, we um we audition in February, and then there's a there's there's a day day workshop in April. Yeah. And then in May, all the people perform, and then there's different categories, and we got uh, songwriter of the year. Right now, how many is that from just within Prince Albert? Yeah, yeah. Okay. An area, yeah. It's, all right. So, how did that feel to get songwriter of the year? Because the song would have been something that you wrote. Great! It was amazing. Like just to get that recognition and like for seeing that song grow from like just words on a paper to like how we performed it that night. It was just one of the best feelings. Right. And what what's the uh, What's the reward for for winning this prize? Uh, we got a cool trophy that's at Lucy's. <laughs> a jump street. Yeah. And then um, we got uh, $500 and then a $2,000 recording contract with uh, Big Drum Media. Oh, great. And so have you done your recording yet? Not yet. No. We're planning on doing that around fall. Yeah. To get an EP out. Okay. All right. So... <laughs> You know, you could have chosen to just skateboard in front of the Seven Eleven and fritter your oh, youth away, um, but you. What's that? I still does that. I, I did do that. <laughs> you did do that, and you still do that. But I mean, this is a very, very specific focus. Um, talk to me about why you think creativity is important. Um, I think, like, especially at our age, it's just good to find a way that you can express yourself and it's even better if you can do that while bringing music and like joy to other people right how old are you guys if i may be so bold are you all like 16 Uh, 17 two of us are 15 and two of us are 16 okay all right so you still got a long way to go yeah what about what about you guys what what can you say about what creativity um gives you in in your own life i mean is it is it escapism is it a place to get frustration and anger and joy out i mean what is it for you i think for me it's a like it's a positive way to deal with stuff whether it's really happy stuff or really negative stuff that's happening it's just a way to take it and do something with it instead of just like uh, what's the word Letting it sit in your head. Yeah, like just thinking right. about it, and like, and it, you know, it gives us something to do. Like we're we're out. We're, we know like ten times more people now. We're like from like Winnipeg. Like uh-huh. we, we would have never met them before. So it's like it's it's a way to let things out, and it's a way to get yourself out there. Yeah, and just it's to be yourself and like yeah. yeah it's good to see other people who are like you yeah and it's like oh hey i like music you like music too like right it's hard to find those kind of people i think everybody's kind of on the same level yeah okay. everyone has their own music yeah. yeah so music might even be considered sort of like the common denominator of levels of playing field yeah because everybody likes their own kind of music uh-huh. and then i think it kind of divides on what kind of music you like so what yeah. kind of music do you like who influ- oh, who influences you? It's like 80s rock. Hey, the Who is coming to Saskatoon. Yeah, and Joan oh, yeah. Jett. Yeah? Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that you would listen to as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. I like, like, um... It's such a hard question. It yeah, it is, because you pull, it's... like, ideas from everything. Yeah. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly what genre you listen to. Yeah. I just say alternative, because that's, like, the <laughs> biggest. so many things. 
Yeah, I guess I'm always curious to know where people draw the line musically, because music is purely subjective, and we all have a right to say, that's not my bag. So I'm always curious to know. I would say, like, trash metal. Like, I, I like metal, but there's sometimes it's just a bit much. The band playing right now is kind of similar to our sound, like, they're alternative rock as well. I think if you get into, like, live music scenes, a lot of it is more singer-songwriter alternative folk rock. There's yeah. a lot of, like, you know? underground punk right now, I find, around here. Uh, growing up, we still listened to all of our music on my dad's old, like, vinyl record player, so... I don't know, we still have that kicking around with a bunch of old things, but that's, like, all we used to listen to. For me, it was the cassettes. Yeah, cassettes. I listened to cassettes. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I grew up with. Have you ever held an 8-track in your hand? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that's really Cassettes. Real. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, Lucy and I are rolling our eyes going, oh boy, I remember those days. Um, so what's the goal from here for you guys? What In a perfect world, if I were to hand you all a magic wand... Obviously, fame, fortune, and, <laughs> and, and all, but I mean, in the in, what's in the next five year plan? Um, um, where do you see I yourself think going? Release our release some more music, like hopefully get like an album out, and uh, I like I like tour. To tour. Yeah, I like to get out and see what else. Yeah, Canada, has. Canada. Yeah. Do you continue to participate in the jam sessions with Lucy while oh. you're? Yes. I don't know what we would do without Lucy, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so tell me, uh, before I talk to Lucy, tell me how important Lucy has been in your well, life in this program. Lucy is basically the foundation of our band. Like, she put us together, and she helps us so much. Like, from the very beginning, like, Does we, she, we would not d- be here okay. at the end. Are there times when she really pushes you and says, you're not you're not doing it? Or is, is every day that you're together... Perfect, oh, we're always even. playing perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think the, the good thing with Lucy is that she's honest with us. It, like, if we're doing something that's not good, good she'll or... tell us. Like, Because, you know, if you get input from friends and family, and they're like, that's really good. And it's like, was it? Was it really? And then Lucy would be like, no, you guys, like, this needed to get a little bit better. And it's yeah. good to have that kind of honest-to-God feedback. Yeah, especially on live performances, practices, too. Lucy, how do you know your stuff? How do you know this so well? You told me a little bit about uh, your background yesterday. Right. Well, I went to music school, and I've taken lessons, piano lessons, all of my life, and played the piano. And after music school, I joined several different... I was in several different bands. I started songwriting, actually, when I was 15 oh. as well. Yeah. So... <laughs> I've always written songs, played music, um, played in different bands, so I've had quite a lot of experience playing live and touring. Yeah. And I'm also a teacher, so I've got the pedagogical background right. to teach. And I. Um, but what drew you to this rock um, camp concert uh, idea concept? Right. Well, actually, I was teaching in the school system in Switzerland. And in the school system there, the band program is rock band. It's not wind ensemble like it is. Which is funny. You would not think that of Switzerland, right? No, yeah, exactly. They've got, I mean, classical music is very alive in Europe. Right. And so, and and it's very popular and lots of people really go to the classical concerts. But no, in school, it's rock band. And the problem was, was that it's... 
everybody joins rock band, so you've got 12 kids in rock band, and it's not very ideal to actually be a rock band with 12 people. <laughs> and not to mention it's extracurricular, so people don't come, they don't show up. Every year it's different. Every year you have to regroup the band, so you don't actually really get anywhere. And so when I moved here, I thought, this is an awesome idea, but it has to be perfected. Because there had not been anything like this here, right? No. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. Band lessons in the school system here are wind ensemble. But when you say it had to be perfected, what does that mean? You mean it really, it had to be done seriously? And, and... It had to be done seriously. Like, I like the idea of teaching rock band, but not to 12 kids who are sometimes showing up and sometimes not. Okay. I wanted to produce bands. So get four committed people together and teach them how to be a band and have a f like the ideal timing I, I noticed I mean just uh, from experience 45 minute lesson is too short an hour and a half is too long so I'm like okay I'm making it a full hour lesson I think that teenagers can concentrate for that amount of time and <coughs> they need to come every week sometimes in Switzerland I was teaching every second week so they would forget everything mm -hmm. you know so I'm like a full hour lesson once a week committed members, only four or five people, this is going to work. That was my assumption that that would work. Okay. And it has, it, it has worked. <laughs> But good. it hasn't all, I mean, not all of the groups that you've worked with have gotten to the point that these ladies have, right? I mean, no. Right. So what is it about this, um, this group that has, has just sort of worked to get it this far? Well, I think one of the main things was that they were all friends from the beginning and they wanted to do it. They were a band before they knew how to play instruments. That's what we claimed to be. You know, so I think that helped. Yeah. And then the de the dedication of the group. And I think also that they started so young. Um, I have a couple people, like a couple groups, they're really great musicians, but they, you know, they started later. They've already graduated. They're on to university. They're not going to continue their band. <laughs> So I think that these girls started at a young enough age to make it serious, and they're going to be able to do it for another couple of years uh, without going anywhere. And so by that point, they're going to be at a point where, as soon as they're done high school, I'm going to set up a tour for them. <laughs> Are no, you worried that, that you'll all go? That you will eventually get to university, and that, that somehow this will start to fizzle out just because mm -hmm. life happens? Yeah, I'm scared that we're all going to want to do like our own thing. Because like, well, like I'm sure we could we could do it. Like we could stick through. But then I know like we all have the things that we want to do after mm -hmm. high school. Like I know I want to travel and like go see the world. Yeah. You know, I could do that when we tour the world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, I always think life is just about a conglomeration of experiences. So, I mean, this experience will impact you for the rest of yeah. your life, oh, whether okay. in five, six years from now you're still doing this or whether you've chosen different th paths. Would you, if you were to choose a different path, let's just say tomorrow um, music stopped as we know it and you could <laughs> yeah. no longer play. Well, that's, there goes... I don't think there goes the dream. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I like to do animation. I uh -huh. absolutely love drawing, okay. and I've been thinking about it. So probably animation. Okay. Yeah. Gabby. Well, if I didn't go to music, then I'd do film scoring, but that's music too. So. Okay. Um, a writer. A writer. Yeah. Okay, which is mm -hmm. not too far off either. What about you guys? 
I want to be like a makeup artist or an esthetician. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's like what, I want to go to beauty school. That's my plan. Okay. It's interesting what kind of dedication it takes to be a professional musician and really, really go, this is it. There's going to be mm-hmm. tough times. There's going to be times where I'm not making a lot of money. Um, but it's not about that. Um, have you guys had a chance to take in, well, we've only just had last night, the first night of the festival. Yeah, we were here. You were all here? Yeah. Okay, so tell me what bands last night sort of impressed you. Um, what were they called? The Until Red was really good. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... They, they played at Jam Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then was Adino Sun. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was they were, that was unexpectedly so much fun. Like, we were dancing. <laughs> what, like chili music? <laughs> yeah. They were really good. And then... I dress low. Yeah. They were good. Uh, the the last band, what is it? Harpoonist and the Axe Murder. They were fun. There's only like what three of them, and they have such a like rich sound to them. Yeah, that one song with the bass. Remember that? It's just so good. So the question that I want to go back to that I started with at the beginning is, how'd you come up with the name Wolf? <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> just like they, they, there's this like different views on wolves for a long time that they can be good and they can be bad and then i feel like sometimes women are seen that way where they're like they're like the caretakers but then if they try and do anything for themselves they're seen as um selfish selfish or like mean or uh rude so there's that part of it because we're like four four girl rock band isn't very popular and then the e at the end is yeah. um, I'm French and in French like in French you always put an e if it's a feminine thing. Yeah. So we put an e. So you're an eon. Yeah. You have to listen to a podcast called The One You Feed, um, uh, which is a profound podcast that starts the same way every time with every guest and the host tells um, this uh, fable of a grandfather talking to his grandson and he says there are two wolves inside of us um a good wolf and a bad wolf the grandson looks up at the grandfather and says which one wins and the grandfather says the one you feed um and it's all about the fact that we all have good and bad and the one that drives our life is the one we feed yeah is is the one we put out there the one that fuels us if anger fuels us that's the the bad wolf you're feeding it's an interesting podcast um and the conversations that follow are all sort of based on that so that'll give you another thing to think about with the name wolf um that's also the cool thing with our bad name is we get a lot of input with it like after one performance, we had a woman came, come up to us and uh, a First Nation lady, and she yeah. she was she loved us, and she was like, you know, like um, how did she say it? I can't remember exactly. She's like, it's like I love the name Wolf because it means powerful woman, and yeah. you're so powerful. And she was just so sweet. Wow! So mm-hmm. she she got that connection right away, which makes sense because First yeah. Nations culture is so yeah. The, and, the wolves are very. Uh-huh. Um, they're looked upon greatly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did that feel to get that kind of feedback? It was pretty good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the first time someone actually, like, 
put their own meaning on the the word for us and explained it to us in their own their own way and it was like it was cool seeing someone do that with our own stuff it's like if someone took a song and told us what it meant to them you know yeah, yeah. but it was with our name so that you know that doesn't happen very often I hope you're enjoying this episode. Did you know that all episodes of Sascapes can be downloaded or streamed for free? You can find us in the iTunes Store, on Stitcher Radio, and at iHeartCulture.ca. And I'm so excited to announce that Sascapes now has its own app for both Apple and Android devices. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and have Sascapes at your fingertips with just one easy tap. Remember, we love hearing from you with your feedback in the review section. And now, back to the podcast. Are you getting a lot of feedback from people afterwards? How yeah. about people like your age? I mean, do you, do you see yourself as inspiring other people that are in your age category in this town? Um, we've we've uh, we've done a, actually a couple workshops with some younger girls than mm-hmm. us. Um, some like motivational, like. Um, yeah, motivational speaking, and we played for them, and yeah. like you just saw their faces light up, like that, uh-huh. like they they saw us play, and they're like, "Hey, I could do that," or you know, like we were telling you know, follow your dreams, not to be like cliche or whatever, uh-huh. but and they were just they from the like the start of the the show, and then by the end, they were up on stage singing with us. Okay, like. It was it was amazing to see that kind of change just in a mm-hmm. couple hours. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's going to be as extroverted as you guys are. So what would you say to somebody who says, "I would really like to do that, but I have no talent"? Oh, that would I'll suck we at that. We didn't really have talent on our things mm-hmm. before we started. You just no. got to practice, and like you'll eventually get good at it. Yeah. In the beginning, we were very <clears throat> introverted. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. yeah. Like our first performance, like was so 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 small it was so scary like it's so so getting up on that stage for the first time was absolutely terrifying for me Mm -hmm. singing in front of people i've never done that before our first band practice siobhan couldn't sing in front of us so she lucy had to take her to the back room and she'd sang oh canada i think yeah Yeah. 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 she basically whispered it into my ear she was so really compared to now all red i was just i was so scared of like doing it like being vulnerable yeah but that's the power of the arts is that you know you scratch an artist and you'll find some very very shy uh introverted people sometimes Mm -hmm. that that this is escapism for them this is like uh, so many of our friends who are musicians are so like in like quiet and like Mm -hmm. relaxed and then they're up on stage and they're jumping around and they're like Mm -hmm. getting into it and it's like (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, uh, we have a friend who's in a band, and he's he's he's, he's very exactly chill in person, but he's crazy, yeah. like backflips and like yeah. running across the stage, and then he gets off and he's like mellow again. Yeah, I think you need mellow to recharge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, was I, I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> um, the bands helped get us outside. more confident in ourselves, yeah. in our abilities, and that. And I find it helps. It helps me make like become more confident in myself and like make more friends and get out there like more. off stage too. Yeah, and, like and just in other areas of yeah, yeah, yeah. it's improved it our lives. Right. Yeah. It'll always yeah. that'll always stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what you do, and I think that's the power of doing what you guys do is that you get to reconnect from the audience, and yeah. you're very good at doing that. You you're very comfortable 
interacting with your audience from the stage. I it noticed that this morning. Weeks. It took a while. Oh my god! I think we, that we, this past year we've been working on live performance yeah. a lot. Like in the we've beginning, done, it was learn your instruments, learn the song, get through the song in one piece, and then keep now it together. It's like, and now it's like you kind of move outside of that, and now it's performance, interacting yeah. with the crowds, stage presence. Stage presence. Yeah. Oh, I've been really good. Do you battle with the inner critic constantly? Oh. Saying, oh, I don't oh yeah. Know. I'm like, after every single gig, I'm like, oh, I messed up there. <laughs> so is that where Lucy comes in? Or like, Lucy, how did it actually yeah. sound? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's different on stage than it is yeah, off stage. Yeah, it's always different. Just because we have the monitors and yeah. like, things are different hear. levels. And, like, and we know what it's supposed to sound like. So, like, if I accidentally hit the wrong key, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just ruined the song. But then I go off stage and people are like, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, no. Just kind of, yeah. We're going to wrap it up, but I just want to have one more question for you. Um, What would you say to uh, young people in your age category living in a town that don't have Jam Street going on, that don't have um, any organized lessons going on? What do you do if you just really, really, really want to be creative and and do what you guys are doing? (laughs) Right. Just, just do it. Like, if there's no shows, make your own show. If okay. if there's no lessons, go on YouTube. Like, you can yeah. learn anything. Yeah. Just look it up, you know? And would you say listening is, listening to as much music as you can is really, go, really Go to awesome. live performances, I find, are the yeah. best. Uh-huh. Like, there's a difference between listening to iTunes, a CD, yeah. and going to a live performance. Yeah. It's just so much more authentic to get yeah. performance, uh, technique, like sound sound like you learn so much you can meet people there yeah yeah. which might have the same passion as you yeah build up a bigger show you know yeah yeah just just do it you just have to get yourself into the scene and just kind of just go in head first and if there is no scene make your own scene yeah yeah Yeah. there's there's guaranteed to be at least one more person who will do who will help you that wants it as well yeah that they're they're scared too and they don't know what to do and i'm guaranteed there's another person that will want it yeah yeah right on you guys i think you're all really cool you're really really lucky to have this program and lucky to have lucy in this town and congrats for coming along so quickly in three years and then to all of a sudden have made it to the borealis festival in its first year Get out, oh, get out there and promote the heck out of this festival. Oh, yeah. Now you get to add this to your credit. Yes. You played up Borealis. That's right. Well done, you guys. Great to meet you all. Thank you. Thank you. Back in the backstage artist trailer, I am on the final day of the Borealis Festival and across from me sits somebody that I noticed the first night that I was here and thought, have to talk to her at some point. Liza, I'm going to call you Liza Jane Brown, just because I think Liza Jane Brown is just so rhythmic. I like that, but you go by Liza Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. Welcome. Yes, thank you, Kevin. It's really great to be here and 
I know that um, the Borealis Festival, first annual, is a wonderful event for Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of opportunities here, I think, that would just make this festival grow. And it's just, it's a real privilege, I think, for, my, for me personally, and I can speak for the band, Crazy Fox, that I, that I play and sing with. Mm-hmm. We're excited to be part of it. It's like a, it's it's just a bonus thing for us to be saying yes. We get to play at the Borealis Festival, the first one in PA, and it's you know the uh, experience so far has been wonderful. Uh, organizer Abe Lancaster, who I've known through Prince Albert through his musical um, ventures right. here in PA, and have seen him at other local events. He's uh, he's done a wonderful job. I know he's not the only one. Yeah. But um, he definitely, I know, is one of the key people because I, because I know yeah. he loves music. Yeah, and that's ever since I've met him. Yeah, that's how I know. Right. And so, I know it. Um, the Borealis Festival when they put the call out for um, local artists to audition, I thought, hmm, let's go do this, you know. And I presented it to the band, and they were like, audition, because they feel a little bit, you know. Um, Intimidated, I guess you could say they're fairly new to performing live. And I said, oh, yeah, let's just go audition. Let's just give it a whirl. What's the worst that can happen? We go audition, we get in, or we don't get in. Right. Let's just go check it out. Yeah. And so they said, hmm, okay. And so I took them to um, sort of like making that step. Let's audition. And yeah. we did. Um, had fun auditioning and we're really excited when we got the news that we got in. I know for a fact this is going to be one of their highlights for this year. Last year we had the opportunity to play at the National Aboriginal Indigenous Games oh, in yes, Regina. Oh yes, in Regina, right. And that was like, woo! Right. You know, it was just awesome. And so this is now, to this year I think this will be our big woohoo. That's great. <laughs> now I just heard you play and one of the songs that you sang um, was uh, Small Town Métis Girl. Mm-hmm. So are you in fact a small town Métis girl? I am, I am. I'm a small town Métis girl who grew up uh, north of Prince Albert uh-huh. in a place that's more known on the map as Tweedsmere, Saskatchewan. Oh yes, right. Out in the Emma Lake area. Yeah. And there's a small little lake there that is in Tweedsmere um, that is being has been re-established and named as the Fish Lake Métis Heritage Site. Uh-huh. So what happened a number of years back, my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, James or Jim Brown, woohoo, Jim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he married my grandmother and uh, they, my grandmother was First Nations Treaty member of the Montreal Lake First Nation Band. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, though, uh, Jim, he was a half Cree and half Scottish. And his father was full Scottish who came here and married uh, the daughter of the first chief of La Courange Band. Wow. Um, They had two children. And my that would be my great-grandmother. She passed away when my grandfather was a little guy. So... um, he then was raised for a while by his grandparents, her parents, and then was raised by his auntie, his mom, his mom's sister, who was married to the Bear family. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of it's one of those family stories where it yeah, just yeah, all yeah. gets right. all you know but um right. he eventually what happened was he because he was living in the Larange area with his grandparents when he moved with his auntie she was living in the uh little red first nation reserve out here in just outside of prince albert mm. and that summer along in that lifestyle there living there he met my grandmother in those days when the first nations woman married right non uh, status men yes. they lost their rights uh-huh. so they had to um, go and live somewhere else so the two of them moved to a place called Tweedsmere Fish Lake right and they were one of about eight or nine families that lived around the skirts of the lake uh-huh. and they were all of similar background so they were all half breed okay right. Métis types right. family who have been displaced so somewhat okay um and that's where my my dad's parents lived raised their children my dad included and then um as my dad became an adult uh at some point he married my well he married my mom he married along the way and then at some point but when I was about a year old, they moved back to Tweedsmere area, and that's where I grew up. Right. So I grew up the um, in the quiet country, sort of of Tweedsmere, where uh, there was just our house, and then right beside us was my grandparents' house. I was the only child for about eight years. Lived very uh, wonderful life very limited though when I think of other people my age um, when I say to them yeah well, you know when I was a kid we had to go and get our wood we didn't have electricity we didn't mm. have running water mm. um, so our home was a very modest but but comfortable home that my dad he was a carpenter and so he you know it was a very modest but a wonderful home um, and but we didn't have electricity, running water, so I grew up with that type of uh, right. connection to living to the to the land, I guess yeah. you could say. And you know, some of the funny stories would be in the winter time, um, having to go in into go for a walk with our pillow sack and our scooper, and going to collect clean snow. To bring it back. Wow. And then melt it to use it for cooking or for washing or for whatever. And so I grew up with this sort of unique kind of upbringing that at the time when I was a kid, of course, you just go through it. Yeah. You don't really know uh, any different. And then when I started to go to school, um, well, actually, when I was about four, my dad uh, advised my mother to um, teach me English because prior to that I was fluent Cree um, speaker and you know understood the language and he advised my mom we need to teach Liza English Um, so my dad had had some my dad's been passed on now for about 23 24 years Mm. Um, he had quite now that I understand his story Right. He was quite a uh, an astute, bright person who was just, um, unfortunately, during the times that he grew up, he was limited. And so I think that it's sort of 
it didn't hold him back, but in my eyes, I think I, I know what his potential probably could have been, uh-huh, right? Sure. Um, you know, he just had some really neat foresight in terms of like the conditions of the people or I say people as in like Métis First Nations people. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to be quite, when I hear the stories and I continue to hear and learn more about him, um, I'm impressed with, mm-hmm. you know, I learned so much from him mm-hmm. that um, I continue to learn, you know, even though he's been gone now for 23, 24 years. So I'm married, I'm, I'm mar- not married, I'm named after Liza Minnelli. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. My yeah. sister's name is Olivia. Oh. He wanted to name her like after Olivia Newton John. Oh wow! So my mom oh. said no to the Newton. Okay, yeah, right, right. <laughs> if you, if you did, you have a brother. <laughs> my brother is Gordon. He's a senior, so he would have been a great Newton. <laughs> Newton would be a great boy's name. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. <laughs> yeah. So was he a musical influence for you? He then? was because you know my dad was um, quite the character. He was a storyteller, um, very witty. Mm-hmm. Um. He brought a lot of humor and, and a lot of laughter to a lot of people's lives, not just ours, but his his friends, his people he worked with, his relatives. When people tell me stories of my dad, there's always laughter involved. Um, so he, he loved music. Um, he would um, quite often be listening to music, uh, either through the radio or... He had a guitar periodically, but not too long. My dad liked to give things away. Oh, and so generous in spirit. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he was very generous. He would, you know, be giving away things sometimes to my mom's surprise. What? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So he was so, not a pack rat. <laughs> no, he was like <laughs> he'd like to live a pretty simple life, and so it was. It was funny. He, the one memory I have of him is, you know, when I was younger. Um, I, re- I remember as a child, he would he loved classic country. And I remember him singing, um, just just singing, not with the guitar or anything, but just singing. And, and there's a really funny image I have of him playing the broom as his guitar. Oh, wow. You know, he just loved that to make... That original air guitar sort That's of. Right. right. He was just like hamming it up. Right. And, you know, he just... He just um, his spirit was, I think, very um, free-natured at, at all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think um, his story, you know, I, the more I learn about him, I think his free spirit didn't quite get to bloom as, as probably I would have, I think he would have bloomed, you know, had conditions been different. But that's, that's yeah. neither here nor yeah. there, right? Yeah. It's just the way it was. And my grandfather, his dad, played the fiddle. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I grew up listening to people playing guitar, playing the fiddle, singing. Right. So was Celtic music quite an influence for you then? Um, well, my grandfather, you know, I didn't know what Celtic music back when I was a kid. I think that definitely the classic country for my dad's sort of influence. My grandpa, when he played his fiddle, I would say it was more local Métis style of playing. You know, he, um... When it came to my grandpa's fiddle playing, it was a lot of the jigs. Yeah. You know, Métis-style jigs and waltzes and that kind of stuff, from what I recall. Uh-huh. He, um, and the stories that I hear about my grandpa, because I was a kid, now that I hear about them, is he would travel to, he was part of the Trappers Association. 
And so he would travel, and quite often when the trappers would get together, of course they'd be traveling, you know, different distances that are as different than how we travel now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tended to stay for a few days in the community wherever they were going, and they would have um, celebrations and they would have dances. And um, stories I hear of grandpas, he would be just right in there playing his fiddle, and um, you know. I never saw it, but my friends who I grew up with, they did see him play the fiddle and jig and dance as he's playing. Mm. I don't don't remember. If I saw it, I don't remember it. Right. Um, Growing up in the country, I liked at an early age to write letters to people. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, because I was at home alone, I'd write a letter to my friend who I'll see on the bus, but I'm going to write a letter now because we didn't have a phone. Right. Write a letter about what I'm doing or what's happening or what I'm thinking of. For those who don't know what letters are, you used to pick up a pen and paper and you could write more than 140 (laughs) characters and it wasn't on the internet. You had to lick a stamp and put it in a red box (laughs) called the mailbox. (laughs) Exactly. I actually have some of the, I've kept some of those letters that I've received back. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't know what I'll do with them yet. Turn them into songs. But I might do something with them. Right. And so, you know, I discovered... Ooh, poetry. This is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're in school, you have to do assignments. And uh, um, my mom was really proud when I won um, uh, a thing for writing a poem at school when I was about grade 7 or grade 8. And she was really quite proud of that. And so um, as I continue on to my teen years, going through lovely teenagehood, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know how that is, and so um, I had a lot of, I guess you could say, um, I I'm an introspective person by nature, mm-hmm. uh, a sensitive person. As are all good musicians. And thank you. And um, teenage years weren't horrible. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't wish it for my daughter. Yeah. Um, and she never did, thankfully. I yeah. made sure that I, you know, took care of some things to make sure she didn't have to do, you know. Not that my parents, um, it had nothing to do with my parents. It had to do with my own personal spirit. Mm-hmm. Because when I was young, a uh, teenager, now that you know a little bit about my dad, um, I loved him and I still love him and he'll be like forever, like just someone that I just adore. But when I when you reach those teenage years, everything comes into question, right? Mm-hmm. So I said to my my mom and my dad when I was I think thirteen, fourteen. Um, I said, I need to go. Can I go live in Saskatoon with Auntie? Big city stuff. My mom's like, no, her eyeballs get real big. Mm-hmm. No, you can't go. My dad says, well, let her try it. So. Um, I left, that was when I started to sort of branch out on my own. I always came back home. Yeah. Um, but I, I needed to just sort of get away because I knew that if I stayed where I was, I was going to end up in some serious troubles uh-huh. in terms of doing myself not well. Okay. Um, and I think my dad recognized, a lot of people say that my dad and I were best friends, mm-hmm. that I was a lot like my dad. Mm-hmm. And I think... In hindsight, my dad must have recognized that in me. So whenever I needed to branch out a little bit, he was he was able as a parent to to let me go and try it, right. even though it might not have been, you know, something that parents would necessarily 
Right. Just trusting and knowing that that's going to be okay. You know, this, one of the songs that I sang is, you know, for my dad, he's, don't go looking for trouble. Right. I just go out there and, because you know what, no matter what, if trouble's going to happen, it's it's going to be there anyway, right? Right, right. Um, so, and then as I became a young adult, starting to do adult life, I always knew I needed to be in education. I always knew that I needed to do something with my brain. Otherwise, it was going to drive me crazy. But, you know, I just, I knew I had to do something. So I ended up, thankfully, going through the SunTech program and became a teacher, which is what I do now and still work there. What are you and teaching? I actually um, am in my second year, going into my third year as program coordinator for the SunTech program okay. in Prince Albert. Right. I love it. It's it's been a wonderful journey so far with with what I do with the music and what I write and I have no idea where it's going all I know is that um, it you know it's it's fun it feeds my spirit Um, there's really beautiful touching moments that happen in different ways doesn't necessarily have to be on the stage or when you're in the moment singing mm-hmm. some other different ways that mm-hmm. it pops up and so I'm really grateful for the ability to to do that yeah. art you know to yeah. to share that and there's people and I really appreciate when people um, when they recognize <laughs> when they recognize my my limits musically in terms of my schooling and education and music but recognize my artistic spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate that when, that when when people let me know that, oh yeah, well, you know, that's just because you're an artist, right? And and I'm pretty open anyway when it comes to, um, I'm always about learning. Yeah. So I recognize I have a lot to learn when it comes to music, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Everybody and, does, you know, Yeah. I think the death of any artist is saying, you know what, I've learned everything I need to know. Right. Even the greats continue to learn. Yeah. And even Liza Minnelli continues to learn. <laughs> That's right. So it's pretty cool. My, you know, I've discovered some of my favorite songwriters because now that I'm writing songs, I'm starting to pay a little bit more attention to the songwriters that are out there that I've um, in the past maybe have enjoyed, but really starting to fine tune sort of like love Bob Dylan. Right. And, you know, his songwriting. I think to myself, if I met him, I don't know what I'd say, but that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's just some people out there that are just really cool at song, writing songs. Yeah. Yeah. And Buffy St. Marie. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a few people where I just sort of know these are the types of people that I do enjoy their songs, their songwriting, their songwriting style. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being open to talking to me and sharing your journey so far. Thank I you. have no doubt it's going to be fabulous from here on in. I love your family stories. They're they're what inform how we move mm-hmm. through life. Mm-hmm. And you've got some amazing memories of your dad. That's pretty special. Mm-hmm. I look forward to to looking into like googling your your podcasts. Yep, they're pretty easy to find. I'll tell you how to do it. Perfect. All that. Awesome. Thank you, Ms. Liza Jane Brown. I just love the way that rolls off your tongue. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's give it up for Liza Brown and Crazy Fox. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a way to start a beautiful, long Sunday morning. It's. <laughs>
I wish I wake up that way every Sunday. That's just great. So we'd like to introduce Kevin from Sass Culture, who's been here all weekend doing uh, recording, <laughs> recording a podcast. And sorry, Kevin, I forgot where they could find the podcast. Sasscapes on iTunes. Okay, so if you go to Sasscapes, you'll find it on iTunes. So thank you very much to Kevin and Sass Culture for, for doing that for us. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. The Sasscapes podcast is created and hosted by Kevin Power for Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sport, Culture, and Recreation. For more information, visit iHeartCulture.ca and SaskCulture.ca. Music for Sasscapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There's no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...